Okay, so welcome to Wild Women. I know it's been a little while since we've posted any videos, but with school and stuff, we've been kind of busy. Um, so we're going to start with a little recap of the last few months of 2020, online learning, uh, relationships, work, all that kind of stuff. So Camille, do you want to start us off? Sure. So I don't know if you remember because it's it feels like forever, but the year started with the Australian fires, uh, Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. Fires in Los Angeles. What else? Riots in the States. Oh yeah, yeah. Back in a lockdown again. Yeah. yeah. Lots of stuff happened since. Honestly, just a lot. And a lot of lives changed drastically for a lot of people right a lot of people were forced to do school online or were forced to work from home or lost their jobs like there's um a ton of things that happened this year that a lot of people <clears throat> would have never expected or would have never even planned for but a big part of this year for everyone was adapting to all those changes um, so one way that we had to adapt big time was online learning for school. Oh, I don't even know where to begin. Um, Camille, first, if you yeah. had to describe online learning in one word, what would it be and why? Harder because you don't have the motivation to do it. At least for me and for some people that I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I was almost the opposite. I was almost hyper vigilant with this whole online learning thing. I was so, so worried about falling behind or not having my things together to the point where I literally spent two months in my office, 10 hours a day, every day, just working mm. on this online learning. And I'm not sure if there was an increase in the course load because of the transition to online learning. I know that there was definitely some schools, well, even U Ottawa had a petition signed about the course load and about um, students not being able to keep up with everything. And there is multiple articles about, um, I remember one specifically of a Carleton student who had always had straight A's, had always done, very well in school, no issues managing his course load. And then all of a sudden he switches to online and like his grades plummeted, like, um, and he finds it very, very difficult to manage everything. So whether that's um, an issue with an increased course load or just um, not, uh, not having the motivation, not managing your time properly, whatever it is, um, it's definitely changed. Um, I don't know, change the future for a lot of students. One semester in university can ruin a lot of plans for the future, depending on how bad you screwed up. So um, yeah, so that, that was scary for a lot of people and that made a lot of things difficult. I know I, in some of my courses, they were absolutely amazing. It was easy um, speaking with my professors over Zoom and stuff and asking them questions, but I had one course where um, my grade was substantially lower than any other course. And a lot of it had to do with miscommunication with the prof because 
she wasn't trained on online learning. She wasn't um, very uh, good at adapt transitioning from the only in-class learning to online and didn't really give cl clear guidelines and so on. And she lost her TAs because a lot of people dropped her classes. And then, um, yeah, she you could barely talk to her at all. Her emails were very aggressive. They weren't helpful. And that's, that's another thing that um, I'm, I can't blame it on just one person, but just how the system is really affecting not only how students are learning, um, but how professors are dealing with their students, right? Oh, yeah. I find that teachers that were already not that great at teaching got even worse with this. I remember when it started, like, some of my older teachers had so much trouble actually doing the class and like it would like close or it wouldn't record and yeah so many mistakes were made and we learn but it's definitely harder because it takes time away from actually learning mm -hmm. yeah no 100 percent, 100 percent, especially for courses like um stats or like very um like synchronous courses where the prof wants everyone to participate like I know with this whole online thing a lot of students were very um very open to just having an open work schedule mm -hmm. and working during the times of their classes and then relying on the recording to learn and I know some profs really wanted to have synchronous classes so decided not to do any recordings but for those students who were still working during class times like that, uh, that didn't work out too well, right? So there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of new things. There's a lot of rules and well, regulations that weren't thought about before the transition to online learning and they surfaced and they surfaced hard throughout the semester. And it was, I don't know, somewhat of a culture shock almost, but mm -hmm. with technology, right? Yeah, and also like it changed everything for international students mm -hmm. because like some of them couldn't stay in this country, so mm -hmm. they weren't even in the same time zone. Yeah, exactly. It's tough, like um, where neither of us are in a position where we can prescribe what people sh should be doing or what the school should be doing at the same time. Like I think there's a whole... I don't know, seminar that they should be doing about online learning and they should adopt different regulations to accommodate people in different time zones, people working. They should understand that just because it's online doesn't mean that they should increase the workload either. Oh, yeah. um, other than that, uh, the last four months, another thing is, well, Camille, do you want to tell us about your relationship? Uh, sure. So like I started dating back in July and August when things were more safe with COVID. Uh, I guess I got lucky. I met that person quite fast and then uh, things were going well and then we're in a relationship. But what changes with COVID is obviously it's not safe to see everyone all the time. So like parties, all your friends, all the like social life that you we used to have is different now. Mm 
So it means that you might spend more time with the same few people. And that for me has been hard in some aspect because I'm not used to spending so much time with that one person. I'm kind of a social butterfly in the sense that I like going out and I like trying new things. And like, I love spending time with my friends and if I don't see my friends like it really impacts my mental health and I think that's for most people too um so yeah I feel like I they might have been like more stressed than usual because of that Mm. yeah that's another thing too I guess the whole mental health aspect during um during this time like I think a lot of people were hopeful that um, the second wave w- would just come and go and pretty soon and people start hearing about vaccines and so on and it's great that we have some but like the reality is it's going to take almost a year for everyone to get a vaccine and mm-hmm. the reality is is that COVID the strain it adapts very quickly just like humans <laughs> so does the COVID strain too so yeah I think a lot of people were disheartened by the fact that this this isn't over and it's probably far from over and another thing too that's different about this time around with the lockdown is that before what during the first lockdown like the days were getting longer it was getting warmer people um had better weather to look forward to they could do more things outside whereas now like we're in a lockdown going into some of the worst time of the year you know like it's cold it's dark it's um it's like there's already so many people who already have seasonal depression and like I can't imagine how people are dealing with that seasonal depression on top of being locked down and not being able to see friends and family yeah I've definitely like felt it more than usual because usually how I deal with like winter blues is I go on vacation during winter like in the south where I can get so much sun and then when I come back I feel so much better we can't do that now but yeah no so I think there's a lot of um I think this time around too there's almost like um this type of hope like people's spirits were just kind of crushed a little bit you know like during a year that's supposed to be very social you're supposed to see a bunch of people Mm -hmm. family and um and then all of a sudden the day before Christmas everything shuts down yeah that's another thing too right like people are used to doing activities around Christmas and gatherings and parties uh but we couldn't do any of that so obviously like it wasn't as festive as usual exactly what the government is telling us and then what the government is doing you know when Mm. you have officials telling people to stay home and um don't see family and all this stuff and then they do it Mm. and it brings up this do as I say not what I do type of thing and then it brings up oh well if it's so bad then why are you doing it yeah and when they're shutting down certain industries that don't um that's statistics statistically don't show the COVID numbers to be able to be shut down that it it just doesn't make sense you know like you have hundreds of people going through Costco every day yeah that doesn't make sense no and it's like that for any big big box store 
and there's no um, like COVID tracking or anything. And all these people, they're picking up apples, looking for the best apple. They're bring, they're grabbing groceries, realizing they don't want it, and then they put it back. And yeah, sure, they're wearing a mask, but there's no COVID tracing. And then the small businesses, the restaurants, all that, they have to track everyone who comes in and out, what time they have to screen every employee every day, all the time. And then they, they ended up being scapegoated for this whole like COVID thing. And like, you know, it doesn't make sense. Not a division because of beliefs. It's a division because the facts are not lining up with the laws. Like some people do believe in vaccines and some don't. And like some people believe that like COVID is fake and it's a conspiracy and some don't. I don't know if there's a whole lot of people that believe it's fake. Yeah, I had to, I had to like block my godmother on that. Like it's one thing if you believe it, but like she kind of tried to convince me it wasn't. And that's where like I draw my line, like you do you don't come at me. I guess for all of us, like we, um, like our opinion is shaped by our worldview. It's shaped Mm -hmm. by our family. It's shaped by the people that are around us most. And honestly, at the end of the day, none of us have an objective view of what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, Even the government who is supposed to have an objective view. Doesn't. (laughs) Right. Like, you know, like, you and your family your dad works in the government he's been off work like all this stuff you guys probably have a different outlook on things than like you know me living with my boyfriend we're both in the service industry and neither both of my parents have their own small businesses right Mm -hmm. yeah we've been hit a lot harder by this whole thing so when the stats aren't lining up with the laws and regulations that affects us so much harder Mm -hmm. than you know say your dad who it's just working at home like nothing yeah yeah you know right so like um and that's the same like everyone's in different boats like that right so everyone's gonna have a different outlook on things everyone's gonna um interpret things differently and um when you said that you think that everyone should just find a middle ground I don't think that will happen I don't think a middle (laughs) will happen honestly what I do think should happen is people should, um, like you said, not try to convince other people something else. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's going to cause controversy. You're so right about that. Like, yes. Another thing that had, that COVID had brought is like the trauma or the stress response from like everyone at the same time. So like, obviously we don't all have the same response some of them are in denial some of them are hyper vigilant and super anxious and it's gonna clash so I think it's important to um, be understanding of that because it's not easy for anybody Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and even like holidays and stuff you know like um I probably should have said holidays other than Christmas earlier. Um, but everyone has different, like different things they celebrate, right? They, everyone has different holidays. And um, for some people, like this holiday time isn't convenient for them. Like 
right now in Canada it is convenient for like um, our very Christian oriented country. That's why we do have these two weeks off during Christmas where like if you celebrate different different holidays, like it might not be such a good time for you, you know? So what I like on social media is that there's, I found a lot of awareness this year about, you know, understanding that not everyone is celebrating during these holidays, right? So like, um, obviously post and uh, post about your family, post about what you're doing. But um, if someone isn't celebrating, then maybe like don't shove it in their face too much right yeah and some people just can't celebrate because of covid because like maybe they have someone at home that is at high risk Mm -hmm. and maybe they would like to celebrate in some way but they can't so that's also another part of it that might be hard a hundred percent a hundred percent looking forward i think uh I think people are more aware of what to expect. My heart goes out to like all those small businesses, all the restaurants, everything that's closed. And yeah, um, like the thing is those big box stores, they're never going out of business. You know, their shareholders have billions of dollars invested. They're never going out of business, but um, there's a lot of mom and pop shops that we're not going to see in the new year, which is, really too bad so that's another thing too like if you can try to buy local Mm -hmm. yeah I I have a lot of friends who even like they're not part of they have like just online businesses right Mm -hmm. and they, they deliver they ship that kind of stuff all their products too so if you can find like those local online stores then yeah that's a great Um, those are great things to support. Yeah. So another thing that I dealt with particularly working in restaurants. So thanks to COVID and because of the multiple lockdowns, I've worked at five different restaurants this year, um, which was tough. I'm not someone who likes change at all. I'm someone who has a really strict routine and likes following to it. So that was interesting. I, I like to think that I grew a lot of the, grew a lot as a person even though it stressed me out but what i found working in restaurants was how um a lot of people were not updated with all the covid rules all the time so the covid rules obviously changed a lot be able to yeah to like keep restaurants open and um literally every couple weeks there is a new thing that we had to adopt a new regulation to adopt and one thing that i want to say about restaurants is we are so understaffed we don't have that much money for labor and so we're already stressed because we're doing a lot more work than we already did and then now we have to adopt these new covid rules too And the hardest thing at work, it was actually easier being without work, but that's another story. Um, But the hardest thing at work was um, trying to tell people about these new regulations, about these new laws and them not understanding. So I understand that it doesn't make sense that if you're a family of five, you live together, you only see each other 
and the new regulation at the restaurants is only four to a table. I understand that it doesn't make sense that you can't sit with your family, but there are no exceptions. And if a bylaw officer comes into a restaurant, a restaurant can be fined thousands of dollars or even be shut down for not being COVID wise or COVID friendly because that's, that's a rule set in place. And what I find is so immature is when adults full grown, like people in their mid forties, mid fifties, when we tell them about this rule and then we turn around and they're all, they're all sitting together in a group of six, like, I, I don't know, like what your parents taught you growing up, but like, it just pisses me off. I honestly, I have no words. Like, yeah. Or it's like people that go into malls, not wearing the mask. Like it's not that much to ask for. If you don't want to just stay home. Yeah, no. And like, I see it in grocery stores all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, like people who get frustrated and they're talking to someone and they take off their mask. And it's like, oh, don't take off your mask. Like, um, And people like that work have to have it almost all the time mm-hmm. so like if they can do it so can everyone else do mm-hmm. yeah yeah and um and like when i see full families at like grocery stores and stuff like is it really necessary for you to bring your husband, grandma, grandpa, and the three kids, like. They can't understand if it's like a single mother with her kids. Maybe she can't have a babysitter. Um, But yeah, you do have a point. Some people are not aware of Mm. what's best for society right now. And they are only thinking about themselves. Well, that's just it, like, and I just find it very ironic some people that are so worried about COVID, but yet, but yet they don't change their ways to like fully comply to the COVID rules. And then they almost like comply to the rules in ways that just don't make sense. Like you're in your car alone. Why do you need a mask? (laughs) Yeah, that's something too. I find it so funny. But then you're going to go to Costco where there's hundreds of people and hundreds of people touching the exact same stuff and like have no qualms about it. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it just makes sense. And that's where the selfishness comes in. You know, they will comply. They will do the rules that work for them. Mm -hmm. Or it's, it's an image thing too, right? Like I find with my parents both having their own small businesses they had to spend hundreds of dollars for my sister to to stay in an apartment out in the middle of nowhere while she was quarantining to make sure that the rest of the people in the small town that they live in um knew that claire wasn't living with them so that you know their businesses wouldn't have any bad reputations like even though my sister tested negative on the plane ride and tested negative again a week after, she still had to spend two weeks alone. She doesn't live alone. She doesn't do well on her own, but she still had to do that. Let's not talk about the COVID stats because there's been a lot of stuff coming out where like, oh yeah, 50% of cases were false positives. 
or we um, extrapolated the number by 50% for the people who didn't get tested. Like, no, like that's the thing. Like the information isn't clear all the time and it isn't always consistent either. So that's another thing that like why people are so doubtful. Anyway, um, <laughs> I talked enough about this whole COVID thing. Um, but thinking about the new year, so um, we have New Year's resolutions coming up. Um, I know diet culture is a big thing right now, and New Year, New Me, all this stuff. So, uh, Camille, what do we want to start with thinking about the new year? Uh, I guess multiple things. First, I'll start with saying that like a lot of people right now feel like they can't have any goals because like the future is so uncertain um so that's hard because it like you said like people don't have as much hope as they used to because they don't know what's going on and what will happen another thing is I actually don't like the word resolution because it makes you feel like if you don't achieve it then you felt um, I like the word intention. So I like to say like, what's your intention for the n next year? And it's more about like the feeling than the goal itself. Mm -hmm. So for example, like for people that say like, oh, I want to lose X amount of weight so I can be healthy. Okay, well, let's rephrase that and say like, how do you want to feel? Do you want to feel like energized? Do you want to feel comfortable in your skin? Do you want to feel confident? Like, what is it? Yeah, no, I think, I think that's a really good way of looking at it. Like looking at, looking at it from more of a feeling perspective than an actual like task oriented perspective. Mm -hmm. I think the importance of the word resolution is because a lot of people don't have the motivation mm -hmm. they're going to procrastinate they're gonna find it hard and not keep going and that's why they use the word resolution is because they need something that they can stick to and like that's hard for a lot of people but maybe um <clears throat> like I know for like people like you and I where like um we've had um issues with diet culture and food and exercise and that kind of stuff resolution might not be the best words for us because for us like thinking of resolution all the time like we saw perfectionism and like if mm -hmm. we didn't that that was a failure but for like people who aren't struggling with those types of mental illness then maybe resolution is what you need maybe that kick in the ass is what you need to like actually work on your goals right and um but the reason why understanding how that how those resolutions are going to make you feel is because it gives you more motivation to do something mm -hmm. you know it gives you purpose in what you're doing so like i'm going to use weight again just because it's a pretty common new year's resolution saying oh i want to lose 10 pounds in three months just saying that it's not going to motivate you very much there's no how you're going to do it there's no why you're going to do it there's no where you're going to do it and i think that's why people are so um i guess hesitant to make 
uh, New Year's resolutions because the how, um, why, where, and when those those questions can't be answered very well because usually it has to do with like where COVID is and like if we're in lockdown, you know, like mm. um, saying, oh, I want to save $5,000 this year. Well, like, what if you lose your job? Do, like, where are you going to do that? Like, why, why are you going to do that? Well, because you need the money, but like, if you have no real means of like achieving that goal, then like, you know, it's tough, right? Like, yeah, I think one of the problem is people like have a lot of big goals, but they don't see it as like the small steps and they aren't flexible enough to adjust and adapt with like life circumstances. So like, let's talk about weight again. Like I know that usually, I don't know with COVID, but usually January and February are like the two months that gyms gets the most memberships and then people drop out. And I'm not, I'm not saying that it's a good thing or bad thing. I'm just saying that like people aren't focused on, well, again, on how they want to feel. They're just focused on the exterior motivator. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. Of course we're creatures of habit, mm-hmm. right? Like we're kind mm-hmm. of our ways. So like when people think, think of getting healthy, a lot of people just think of, oh, I'm going to the gym. Whereas like they don't think of, oh, I'm going to walk stairs in my apartment. I'm going to go for runs. So I'm going to go for walks. Yeah. People don't realize that like stuff like that, like it's actually helpful. Like just doing anything is better than doing nothing. Right. So like, just because you can't, like jump into gear at the gym and start lifting heavy and doing good hit training and it doesn't mean that like you have to put your new year's resolution of being more healthy being more active on hold yeah and like even and that applies to any and every goals it can be like publishing a book or finding your dream job well if you're not even looking for a job how are you going to find it exactly So it's taking actions and small ones, like every single day or every single week. Yeah. And it's making a schedule and it's following that schedule as well as you can. Like even, even for myself every day, I had to write down three things that I was going to work on. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I do the same. Yeah. And it's super, super helpful. It keeps you on track. And like, I know like, when I got down to like exam times, like I was scheduling every day from the minute I woke up to the minute I went to sleep of what I was doing, even if it's like writing in this time to this time, I'm doing nothing, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) just writing everything down. So like, you know, when you have time to relax and when you actually have to put focus into things. And it's also understanding what times you are more most productive right so like Mm -hmm. schedule your harder things first day the morning if you have more energy then and then just schedule your easy things for the evening right yeah and like again like for me like a schedule if it's all put on the table and everything is detailed like I won't follow it because I feel like it's too structured and too rigid but you can have like the flow with it 
So you can have, again, like you said, like three things you want to focus on for the day. And then you play with that during your time. Be, be creative with your ways. Even like scheduling like self-care time mm-hmm. is a good idea because it like particularly right now, we might get too overwhelmed to think about doing it. But if you already put it as a priority, then you'll feel better after. And I think that's a lot of like, if you don't do your self-care, obviously you're not going to feel great about yourself. And then you're going to have even more trouble like accomplishing anything. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And like, and sometimes you don't want to do self-care. Like I honestly, like I couldn't, um, for the life of me, like even if I want to eat and if I want to do my nails, like sometimes I really don't want to do it. But like, you know, sitting there mindlessly watching TV doesn't make me feel any better whereas if I were to make a nice cup of tea and relax and do my nails well maybe I'll feel better same thing with like working out like I was loving going back to the gym I took a bunch of time off the gym because of COVID and then finally got my membership again because the weather was getting cold and I hate the winter Um, (laughs) but uh, yeah and like I said absolutely loving to be back and then when they shut down again, I was very, very upset. I was very unmotivated. I was finally like starting to feel like I was getting stronger again. And, but yeah, no, when it took me a couple days of like wallowing in my self pity, but like, you know, like a couple days ago, I set up my at home workout schedule for the next 30 days and, and yeah, and getting back to working out and being active. I didn't take a whole lot of time off, but I took enough time off to like not feel good because I wasn't being active um and even though it sucked going back to working out after two or three days off it made me feel a lot better too you know and that is a part of self-care right you know like it's pushing yourselves to do the things that you don't want to do that you know are good for you exactly exactly like cooking too Mm, yeah like it's so easy this time of year just to like I don't know pull out leftovers or make something easy but like when you have the time then why not take the time to make yourself a nice meal like a good meal that you're gonna sit there and enjoy right yeah and I think like you mentioned like it's what's so important is the why you're doing it because if you don't feel like that reason is important you're not gonna want to do it and you have to realize that the why has to come from you and not from society's um like ideals or pressures again like coming back to weight is it because of like diet culture and because it makes you feel ashamed or guilty when you don't work out or is it because you want to feel stronger and if the reason is a negative one you might not have that motivation to do it yeah 100% 100%. and like that's another thing too like if you start to feel like you have to do something if you're constantly saying oh I have to do this oh I have to do that instead of saying um I want to do this now at this time like that it shifts your mindset right like it's like playing tricks on your own brain by like telling yourself that you want to do something rather than you have to do something especially if that thing that you usually say that you have to do 
if that thing's going to make you feel better, why not say that you want to do it, right? Like, it's, mm-hmm. And I do want to mention that, like, this doesn't apply to, like, eating disorders, because that's a different... Yeah, with eating disorders, everything's you have to do something. Yeah. And, and yeah, so, like, I guess that's what we can finish on, is this whole diet culture thing, especially this time of year. Um, and with COVID, it's even worse, I feel. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think everyone should practice, like, a healthy mindset and a healthy relationship with food, whether you have an eating disorder or not. Mm-hmm. And um, we've talked about it a lot, ways that you can shift your mindset so that you're not just in that diet culture mindset, right? But, like, actually adopting, like, healthy ways of looking at things and not only healthy ways of doing things too right I know for me like a huge trigger um this time of year is when people say oh I've gained winter weight oh my god yeah immediately I think I've gained winter weight and like I we I, I don't know if we all do but I know I gain a little bit of weight during the holidays I oh eat me a too yeah, I do, I, I do a little bit less, and I think that's common for a lot of people. I guess the one thing I don't like about diet culture in the New Year's resolution thing is that they make it seem like... It's a bad that, thing. Yeah, but it's, it's not. Like, you're just relaxing a bit more. You have more time to, like, eat, drink, do whatever you want with your family or mm-hmm. friends. And, like, that, that time's in, important, and it's not many times a year where you get to just relax and do that, you know? And, like, your body is meant to change with time. And, like, like, I've been having a hard time with that, too. Like, I've been feeling the pressure to look a certain way. But what happens is, like, when I look at pictures throughout time, I realize, like, I, I've changed. My body has changed with time, but it always comes and goes and that's what's normal and it's okay to adapt to life and it's okay to enjoy the moments you have a hundred percent a hundred percent and and yeah and like even I don't know I don't even know why January is the big um get your body back month because like honestly there's a bunch of celebrations that go into January too so like say you have this really strict workout plan or like eating plan and stuff but it doesn't there's a day where like things don't work out like don't beat yourself up about it like I know that we're talking about like from an eating disorder perspective but I know for me when I had bulimia like you my new year's resolution every year for probably six years was to stop throwing up Mm. (laughs) every year for about six years that's what it was um and we finally got there which is good um but like uh leading up to that like I remember you know I'd have a few good days but then we'd have another celebration and my anxiety would go like a whole bunch of things would set off triggers for me and I'd be back to square one again so like that's another thing too like you're gonna change and adapt at your own time And yes, I always think having goals in place and having ideas of where you want to be, when you want to be, are very, very important. But like, just don't beat yourself up over it because society is telling you that you should have done this at a certain time. Mm -hmm. 
and at the same time like the more restrictive you are on your goals the less you will want to do it okay so another thing too when it comes to avoiding diet culture if you already have um a pretty poor relationship with food is honestly just stop looking at the social media that does trigger those negative emotions those negative thoughts those negative ideals um and not only social media but like even even books magazines like throw out all the diet books throw out all the I don't know just things that are triggering you things that don't make you feel good about your body or make you want to engage in self-destructive behavior Mm -hmm. and um basically all those on top of other things such as avoiding um people that trigger you or even people who are just bringing negativity into your life all of that just encompasses setting boundaries and Boundaries are so, so important to like acknowledge for yourself, to realize what you can, uh, what you can take and what you can't. A lot of time people tend to take on a little bit more and give a little bit more than they can actually give or that they can actually take. And we will talk a little bit more next week about some of our goals and the importance of decluttering negativity. Mm -hmm. And I think that can also be applied to like more than one aspect of life so more than just the eating part but also like the drinking part for example like a lot of people are not connected with their body and they've been like drinking for the holidays and they feel like shit and then they're like okay well next year I'll be sober that might not be a realistic goal so make sure that you have goals that are achievable hundred percent a hundred percent and give yourself a break every once in a while too if you're not feeling like you're following the timeline or following the goals that you want to follow then maybe it's time to take a step back and realize what you really want because sometimes if you're not achieving a certain goal it's because you don't want it that much so maybe Um, when you do make goals that you're having troubles achieve, just reassess them and make sure that they align with the other motivations and uh, align with your true purpose because that that will really affect whether or not you're going to have success in achieving a goal too. Yeah, and sometimes you might not just be ready for it. You know, like maybe the people in your life are not supporting you in those goals too. So we'll talk a little bit more about that in the next episode yeah for sure okay awesome well i hope you all have a good day and happy new year's yes and yeah bye bye